the record button. All right, welcome to the Global Math Department, everyone. My name is Lee Natero, and I will be your host. Tonight, we're going to be hearing from Steve Phelps on Play Borrow, Test Your Probability Intuition and Confidence. Before we begin our session, I'd like to tell you a bit more about the Global Math Department. The Global Math Department is an organization that is run entirely by volunteers. To keep the free high quality PD, we need webinar speakers, webinar hosts, and writers for our newsletters. Newsletter writers share about an area of math or math teaching that resonates with them or discuss recent math blogs that help teachers reflect on their practice. If you'd like to volunteer or know someone who would be great in any of these areas, please have them email us at globalmathdepartment@gmail.com at gmail.com or have them reach out to us on Twitter. So let's get started with tonight's webinar. Uh, before I introduce our speaker, I'd like to explain how these meetings work. These meetings are recorded and are available about 24 hours after, after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same link you used to get here tonight. The Global Math Department community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I'll be sure to catch your questions for the presenter to be addressed either during or at the end of the presentation. Um, our speaker tonight is Steve Phelps, and he will be sharing on the topic, Play Borrow, Testing Your Probability Intuition and Confidence. Um, Steve, uh, after teaching in uh, math in grades 7 through 12, took a detour and served as a math coach and instructional technology coach for grades K to 12. And this year, he is back in the classroom, splitting his time between math coaching technology coaching, and math and computer science teaching. And I will now turn the presentation over to Steve. Thank you, Lee. It's, yeah, I sleep well at night, that's for certain. <laughs> so how's everyone doing? Hey, introduce. I guess you've introduced yourself in the chat. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, people should introduce themselves in the chat. Somehow I, I overlooked that. I don't know why. I and that's okay. And there's and there are links, and I'm gonna drop another link in the chat. Yep. Uh, so my entire presentation is gonna be on a Desmos activity. So if you want to, um, there's a link in the chat, and uh, if you want to click on that link, and I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna share. At least I will do my best to share that uh, part of my uh, of my little screen. And we can see who gets in and who doesn't get it. Oh, yeah, it's working. It's working. So this is a um, I, I've got I've got this in uh, in the Desmo slides. And then I would probably need to find I, I think I can share a link with you guys at the end. If not, you guys know how to get in contact with me. I'm on I'm on Twitter you can, and I'll put my email in the chat a little bit later on. But um. Yeah, Burrell is a fun little game. So let me close this out. Most of you guys got on the link. And Leah, I'm sure Lee will post the um will post the uh will will post the link when when someone else comes in. So Burrell is a uh, is a little dice game that I ran across a couple a couple years ago. And uh it's it's a lot of fun. I really think it's probably more of like a drinking game for adults, but it's um, it, it's got some great uh, educational aspects that you could use in your classroom, 
And we'll talk more about that. But I'd like to have you guys experience the game Burrell too through this Desmos activity. So, um, so we'll we'll play we'll play around a little bit, and I'm going to push you guys through. I'll probably pace you through the entire night. And so um, I'm just going to push us all to the very next slide. And so as folks join in, they'll do it. So so my agenda for tonight is we'll kind of um, introduce this idea of an instructional arc for teaching probability. And this instructional arc for teaching probability um, would include the game Burrell. And um, along the way, as we try to um, as we try to make sense of some of the uh, dice games and scenarios in the game Burrell, we'll learn some uh, Desmos calculator tricks and maybe um, get to see if you've not seen the polypad in Desmos yet. That is really cool. And uh, I'll share some links at the end. So that's kind of my order of events. And uh, let's see, my clock, 9.05. This is going to be perfect. This is going to be perfect. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about this instructional arc and what I mean about this instructional arc for teaching probability. And um, so I'm going to push everyone to the next slide. And if you're not coming along with me to the next slide, if you can try, see if you can find a way maybe to click up there on that next button in the upper right-hand corner. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't. So there, there are four parts, and this is certainly not an original um, thing. So um, there are four parts to this instructional arc that for a long time I used three, and then I started playing Burrell, and I added in the confidence wager. But uh, it, it starts with intuition. So present a scenario to your kids and just like, what does your gut tell you? Is it likely? Will it happen? Won't it happen? You know, just what does your gut tell you? But then... I think the thing I, I, I realized I was missing when I did this with my students was, well, how confident are you in that answer? So, so that, that, that takes the form of a confidence wager. And then um, we use simulations like a single simulation at a time to, um, to let kids maybe revise their initial guess. Um, and what is great about the polypad and Desmos now is it's, it, you can create that simulation with a handful of uh, polypad dice. It's a lot of fun. And calculation is the last. And it's one of those things that I, it's kind of like if we get to it, we get to it. But I really, I'm not sure that calculation really reveals much about randomness and kind of understanding randomness. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. So again, these things I mentioned, I'll push this to the next slide. These things are not. Um, original to me, the intuition simulation calculation. Um, I picked those up from Alan Rossman uh, years ago at a um, workshop in Serenby down outside of Atlanta. And then the confidence wagers I mentioned came from playing Burrell. And uh, actually probably came from March randomness years ago. So pushes uh, pushes one more slide forward. And again, some, I, it, it pushes some of you guys forward. And I think some of us it doesn't pick us up, but that's okay. So again, intuition, you'll, you'll get a chance to kind of uh, uh, share your results like in the chat, like, well, like what is your intuition telling you? And you'll get a chance to make a, co a confidence wager through the activity, and then we'll build some simulations. And um, some of the dice things we'll do tonight, we could we could do a calculation. If we, if we have time, we'll do some, but that is probably, honestly, it's like one of those things that if, if I get to it, we get to it tonight. Now, I ran across Burrell. I mentioned this um, two years ago now. I'll push this to the next slide. Two years ago, the American Statistical Association, through uh, This Is Statistics, ran a March randomness contest. 
And this was the most fun I had online that I could remember. And it ran through the month of March because this was when um, there wasn't, because of the pandemic, there was not a um, March, March Madness. There wasn't a basketball tournament. And so this March randomness was based on the game Burrell. And uh, four days a week for, the, for uh, four weeks in March, there was a different probability scenario. And um, they sent out like a Google form. You uh, responded yes or no to the scenario. And um, then you placed what was called a confidence wager or a stat coin wager. So if, um, and when I first played it, when I first started playing the game, it was kind of frustrating because I first couple of times through I lost. So, you know, my, my answer was always wrong. And that was kind of weird. But so it was a, um, if your answer was, was correct, you earn those stat coins. And if your answer was incorrect, you lost those stat coins. And by correct or incorrect, they actually ran the experiment that night and revealed the results of the experiment the next day. So that was a lot of fun. So what is Burrell? And I'll push this forward to the next slide. So this is from the Burrell web website. There's a link up there at the top, uh, playburrell.com. The game is relatively inexpensive. And um, you could probably come up with a number of different games, but the, the scenarios they've come up with all kind of uh, seem to kind of like have a nice, could, like could go either way with their scenarios. It's really kind of cool, but it, it's a dice game. Um, I think anybody could play and players are essentially uh, wagering on the outcomes of simple experiments using dice. And, and the idea is, is based on speed. So you, you want to, um, that, that's kind of the intuition part. So you, so when a, scenario is presented in Burrell, uh, you want to be the first one to say yes or no, like, yes, this will happen or no, it will happen. Because if you stake your claim there, then everyone else at the table is forced to have the opposite claim. And so I think you can start to see what a drinking game might entail in playing Burrell. Um, there is another neat link that I will share with you on here, uh, a, a little bit about it, and that pushes to the next slide. Um, if you go to the Play Burrell website, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link to the test. And then in the test, there's also a link to the um, research of the results of the test, which is a, a blog post entitled, One Question to Rule Them All. And there's a link there. And so these folks who, who are doing this research were just interested in, um, in how well people could uh, pre, you know, predict the outcomes of uh, probability scenarios. And uh, they wanted to base it not on any kind of like training that you might have had, so they um, asked the folks to um, respond quickly, in this case, less, less than a minute for each question. And um, we're doing this to try to kind of figure out what made a Burrell so, uh, so appealing to people with uh, lots of different like, academic backgrounds. And again, th the main objective of this test was to see if uh, any formal mathematical training um, played a part in, in your accuracy or maybe lack of accuracy for the uh, predictions that you might have made. Um, you can access uh, that, that blog post and the form. The, the form up there is at the link at the top. So there's a number of, number of great questions. You could use those questions in a statistics class or a quantitative reasoning class, and, and you would have a bunch of things that you could do. I think there's 16 questions on that Google form. But uh, 
that that is my little introduction to playing Burrell. So let's see. I I, I can't see. I can't see the chat. Are, are there any questions in the chat about anything? But if not, and if not, there are, I don't see any questions, Steve. Oh, great, great, great. Okay. Well, so here's what we'll do. Let's. So I'm gonna. We'll kind of this first one will kind of be like a little uh, a, a run through. And we need, you were, I tried to do this game. I really tried to do this all in Desmos. And then I realized it worked well for me, but I, when I played it with my students, it did not work well for the students. And I realized because I'm clicking buttons on my side and I need to click it in the game. But so um, let's, let's pretend that we all start with um, 2000 stat coins which is what we would do. And we'll play this game. So our first scenario, these, so on the left-hand side, you've got um, a Burrell card. And so the cards kind of look like this. Um, this, this scenario is going to involve four six-sided die and a 20-sided die. And the question is, you're going to roll those, you're going to roll those five die and will you roll a three? So what does your gut tell you? Yes or no? Pick a yes or a no, and then press submit, and then the next question will come up about your confidence. I'm going to love some. Oh, oh. Yes, we've got, there's two, three, we've got some, we've, we're going to have a probability fight on our hands, I have a feeling. So this is so more than twice as many folks think that, yes, you will roll a three. So here's so this is like how the game would be played. And this was really I, I did until I started thinking about this. I mean, like I would do simulations and run simulations. And I, you know, this is my answer based on the simulation. But when the dice hit the table, um, all that simulation stuff goes out the window because <laughs> it it really is the dice and the dice don't have a memory. And they had known nothing about the simulation that you ran. So, so this is good. So this is good. And so make a stack coin wager. So the stack coin is kind of a, you know, you, you, you've set a somewhat likely, a somewhat unlikely, very unlikely. As, and then, and then you've got your stack coin. So if you have a thousand stack coin wager, you feel pretty strongly about your answer, whether it was yes or no. And uh, so let's run the experiment, shall we? So what we'll do is you, you'll be able to run your experiment as well, but it will be my roles that count for the official results. And, oh, hit click the wrong one. So let's see, let's push us forward to, and so this is the polypad. This is the polypad. And so on, on the polypad, um, I, I set up this polypad on the Mathagon website. So what you can do now is it is possible to like, limit the tools that are available to students on the polypad. So I, I limited the tools just to the probability and data things that involve coins and dice and spinners and polyhedral dice, since those are the ones we will use. And um, if you set that up ahead of time, you can save the polypad and then copy the link and you can actually paste it into the Desmos activity. So that was, uh, I know that's what was one of the things that had always kind of bothered me about, um, about the polypad. And then they were able to limit it, but they couldn't do it in Desmos for a while and now it can. So this is pretty awesome. 
So up, ah, yes, someone, someone is shaking the dice. So I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull a four of those six sided dice out and I'm going to pull one of the 20 sided dice out and um, we can, we can kind of arrange them, move them around, however we'd like to do. And then you'll just need to select them. You can select them one at a time if you want. And that means it makes no difference where I can drag a box around them. And if the dice are small on the right-hand side, there's a little magnifying glass. If you turn the grid on and off on the right-hand side, you'll be able to um, kind of have those dice kind of stick to the grid. But so this is going to be our role. So, so if I go back and just remind myself, it was, will there be a three? So I'm going to roll those. So will there be a three? So I'm going to select them all and I'm going to select roll. And will there be a three? And so the answer in this case is no. And so that is what would be, that would be like my experiment that I would run. And that is what the kids would do. So in, a, in the actual Burrell game, when you are playing this around a table, um, that yes or no comes very, very quickly. And then um, the yes or no will be like the person to roll next, if that makes sense. But then if you said yes, everyone else would have been a no. So if you said yes, there would be a three. That answer was no. Everyone else around your table would win their wager, but you would lose your wager. So what I'm what I'm kind of interested in is um, if we did this a couple of times. So we've rolled it one time. So you stated yes or no in your intuition. Let's roll this a couple of times and get a feel for this now. So I, I've rolled it twice. And there isn't a three. So I guess a three is never going to show up. And so finally, there's a three. So one out of three times, I rolled a three. And here's two out of, oh, so two out of, there's the second time I got threes, and there were two of them. So I bet this time there's going to be three threes. And so, no, back to one. So anyway, but now it seems we've had we've had a three that, sh that shows up more than one time in a row. So do you? Do you want to change your bet? Do you think it's a do you think that getting a three is more likely than not getting a three? What do you think about that? Drop your answer in the chat to that question. Do you think getting a three is more likely than not getting a three? Ooh. Less likely, Roland. <laughs> so not more this yeah this is weird so so it is a um so we've gone through like these singleton simulations so now i want to generate a whole bunch of simulations and desmos is nice for this desmos is nice for this so i'm going to move this i'm going to move us to the next slide and on this next slide is a um, is where the simulation will take place. I'm going to see if I can. Uh, in the, now on the graphing page in the left hand on the left hand side uh, of the graph, where you might see dot plot and box plot and a little uh, reset button. There's that little ticker. There's that ticker in the upper left hand corner. And if you would click on that ticker, uh, this is going to start simulating the rolls of the dice and um, the dots. Uh, there's a dot plot that is building up and a box plot that is jumping around down there. 
And uh, the dots are over either zero, one, two, three. And if you're lucky enough to have a four in there or even a five, which meant all the dice had a three. So this simulation is simply keeping track of how many times a three occurred in those rolls. And so I'm going to pause mine for just a moment. I'm going to pause mine for just a moment. I wonder if I, I wonder if I make my screen full screen if you guys would still see it. Yell at me if you don't see it. I'm going to make. Oh, I see what it did there. So that is my. Um, I'm trying to grab the axis so I can pull it down a little bit. And I'm going to stop my ticker for just a moment. And so what I'd like, so I can see like on my graph, your graph might be different. Um, my, it's, it certainly seems that rolling a three, uh, not rolling a three happened quite a bit, but I think it was less likely than how many times it showed up one time or two times or three times. Or I even had four, which meant probably my guess it would be the six-sided die. Now, so here, here's a Desmos trick. Um, I just want to know is like how many times a, a three occurred. And so I'm going to go to one of these lines, and I wonder if I can make my little my font a little bit bolder there to help everyone see that. So uh, I'm going to go to the, uh, to my next line. And I'm just going to, uh, I, I keep my data in T. I don't know why I kept it in a list named T. Usually I would keep my data in a list named D, but uh, I did T. So I will, I will go T and then in the square brackets. Um, what I want is I want to know that um, I want, I want how many times like was T uh, greater than or equal to one. Because I want to keep, I want all of that data. So T is greater than or equal to one. And this tells me that there are 281 elements in that list. And if I just click T, that tells me that there are 512 elements. So it seems like more than, more than half the time I am going to get a three, at least by the simulation. So it seems like yes would have been the way to go based on the simulation. But when, again, when the dice hit the table, that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily the case, not necessarily the case. So that's, so most of the, I think everything in as far as Burrell goes, everything is based on dice. Everything is based on dice. So, if you started with 2,000 stat coins and you answered no, then you won stat coins for your bet. So you'd add on your stat coins. And if you, um, if you said yes, that was not what happened. So you lose your stat coin. So if you want to post your stat coin, if you'd like to post your stat coin total, so after the first round in the chat, that would be fantastic. This is what I tried to do in a Desmos game. If I was playing more games. <laughs> uh, that's the, yeah. I will, so if you, um, if you, everyone starts with 2000 stat coins. So if, you're, um, if your uh, guess was correct, 
um, update your total and put put in your uh, put in your running like your updated uh, stack coin total. Two thousand stack coins, Deborah. I'm sorry, I was not clear on that. Yeah. I'm, I am so what what I would like to do in the Desmos activity I was I would like to be able to have like the teacher click on yes or no and then have that kind of impact um, everyone else's score but it doesn't work that way nice nicely done nicely done okay let's go let's do another one I think we should do another one let's go to the next game oh I do have a bonus I'll give you a bonus okay this will be um if I if I rolled those uh, if I rolled those five dice, do you think I will roll a three? Commit to a yes or no, and then commit to a likelihood. And this will not count, even though there'll be a wager button. This will not count against our that will not count against our uh, total. But what do you think? Do you think if I rolled those five dice, I would get a three? Nice. Nice. So I'm thinking from a student point of view, I see this with my students, even though it's anecdotally, but I've seen a lot of them. If, if they're made, if they're at, at, like, there's very little, like a, I mean, it's a low risk kind of a thing. If they say yes or no, and then they're, they're wagering on it. They're going to stick around to the end. They're going to want to see the outcome. So I ran this game and um, had 70 classrooms involved just under 70, I think there were 68 classrooms involved last year at the different schools that I worked with through our Hamilton County uh, Education Service Center. It was, it was hilarious. But that was our month of March. Okay, so let's, so let's see, will I roll a three? So I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna go to the next slide, push you guys to the next slide. So I've already set up the dice this time to save a little bit of time. So you can select all of the dice and you can um, roll all of them at one time. And will you roll a three? Will you roll a three? So I'm going to roll it. And I said, I came up with a no. I came up with a no. What did you guys come up with? Did you roll a three on yours? So Steve, are we rolling a three on this one? Or are we trying to do the question there of will the largest number be a six? Oh, I want to know if would you would you roll a three? So would a three? Oh, what is this a six? Oh my goodness. That's yes. <laughs> so so you're basically saying minute, you, need minute, 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 you need to make a version six of this activity, is what you're telling who me. Change my slides. Wait a minute. That said, will I roll a three? And then yes, I went for a three, but if you went a six, well, there goes that bonus question. That's okay. I think my simulation for it is based on what well, we're going to find out what it's based on. Cause now I'm not sure. I'm going to push you guys ahead. I'm going to push you guys ahead. So let's see. If I go down here, I am just, I think I did a six here. Yes. I wanted to know. Um, so I looked at, I kept count of, um, I think I might be keeping, track but here is the i'm going to run the little simulation this is keeping track of the largest like the maximum value out of those rolls 
And so it is, it's a six is the, is the tallest like dot bar dot dot stack, I guess is probably the correct thing. The dot stack six is certainly the largest, but I think over, I don't know. So a six would be pretty common. And so at any time, I since you can you control you control the graph, so you can stop yours at any time. So I'm gonna stop my ticker, and if I scroll down a little bit, I'm just interested in how many I'll do equal six on this. So it, again, I'm keeping my data in T. I don't know why I did that. So T and then square brackets T equals six, and so there are sixty-eight instances of six being the greatest role. And if I want to know how many are actually in that list, so there are 379 that are in that list. So that seems like suspiciously close to 20%. 68 of 379. Let's try it. 68 out of uh, 79. Close to 20%. Interesting. That's not what I thought, but that's good. Questions or thoughts, kids? Questions or thoughts for the next one? Questions or thoughts? Um, Steve, Steve, I have a question. Yes. Um, so when you played this with your students, um, did, they, did they feel like they got better um, with their intuition based on playing these dice games? Um, that was so with with the kids and, and the classrooms that I used last year, their teachers almost every one of the teachers, they all said the same thing. They felt they felt their kids got um, better reasoning about randomness and probability. So it's not that they got better at making the correct predictions because that's the thing. I mean, because what you roll the dice, the dice do what the dice do. But um, I think they they all said they got they felt their students improved their reasoning about the random events. Okay, thanks. Yep. Yes, it, it, it's a it's a fun game. So, like I said, we we did this for the month of March. We did three weeks because we ran up. We instead of four weeks, we we did three because we ran into spring break and um. Half our schools were out one week, half the schools were out another week. And then, so we just did three weeks, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And the, there was a, the winning teams got these big, huge, they wanted the, the winning team wanted a big, like a big Reese pie. So that's what they got. So I'm not going to argue with them. So let's go to the next one. Let's try the next one. I don't know what the next one is. I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering. So, Oh, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll stay. So you've got four six-sided die. So what does your gut tell you? Will the sum be at least 15? Don't think about it. I mean, don't think about it too long. Just what is your gut telling you right away? Yes or no? Do you think it's going to be, will the sum be at least 15? And then the question, what, what, what question will your kids ask about that? I mean, I think, well, you're, um, ooh. Hmm. 
This is good. This is good. I would, I would really, I, I, I needed probably, I'd like this in a two-way table because I see your yes and no results. And I also see your very likely, somewhat likely and somewhat unlikely results. I, I would like to know if there is an association between yes and no, and your likely, somewhat likely, somewhat unlikely guesses or, or your, or your answers. I, so I, I kind of want maybe almost a two-way table for this and your stack coins. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I'm kind of, let's, let's see what happens. So we've got four dice and at least 15 includes 15. Do we agree on that? Right. So that's, so it's going to, it's going to be that. So we get a 15. That's a, that's a yes. And so I like, I'm going to do this one. I don't want to roll them all at uh, one time. I, I'm going to do one at a time to kind of build the suspense. So I did this the other day with my kids, man, and they were, it was pandemonium. So, so let's see, I'll roll this, I'll roll this one. And I need to get it. So there's a six. So this is looking good. This is looking pretty good, but I could get three ones in a row and then it would be looking bad. So then there's a three, so that's nine. So if I get a six, that would do it here, wouldn't it? But I could get a one. Or a two. Ooh. So so I need to get a three on this. No, let's see. Oh, well, I need to get a four, don't I? I need to get a four. A four or a oh, so it's a yes. So that would be a yes. Oh man, how'd you guys do? I'm gonna go back and look at the chat. See. Just missed it. So that's so that is good. If you just missed it, that's good. If you said no, and and yes, and I say if I got a sum of at least fifteen, that's good. If you said yes, so if you're if you know, so that's there's always kind of, kind of like that tension. There's always going to be some probability fights that are going on. So I I wonder. Let's I'm going to roll all of them and let's just get a feel for this a couple times, and you can do the same thing on your side. So if I roll this. And I'm thinking, like, what is that sum? So that sum is not greater than 15 or at least 15. But that sum is, that was 20. And that sum is 14. So it just missed. And so I'm wondering, and there's another miss. So I'm kind of wondering that I, maybe that fifth sum of 15 is a, uh, is not too likely to happen. Got it there, but it seems I've gotten it more times. I've not gotten it more times than I have. So let's let's try to simulate a whole bunch of trials this time. So let's go to the next slide. I'll push you guys forward to the next slide. And so this is your simulation that will keep track of how many um, times you, uh, the rolls will have a sum of greater than 15. So again, in the upper left-hand corner, of the graph is that little ticker button, which is right underneath the plus sign. So if you click on that ticker button and your ticker will run, and this is keeping track of the sums. So when if you have a sum of five,
because the smallest sum would be four. And so what I'd like to know is I want to keep track of like how many, I want, how, how many are 15 or more? Nice, nice, nice. So let's, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop my simulation. That's, I, I love that shape. That shape is cool. And so I want to, I want to count how many are 15 or greater and compare that to the total number that are there. So again, I'm keeping, I don't know why I keep it in T. I don't know why I do that. T with a square bracket. And if I can make my little data a little bit larger here, it might be easier. My font a little larger. So T with a, with a square bracket and then capital T again is greater than or equal to. So I just hit the greater than button and equal button one after the other is 15. And, and that occurred 164 times. And then if I just type in capital T on the next line out of 363 trials. So let's see, 164 out of 363. About 45% of the time. That I'm gonna have 15. So, so this is the, this is the thing about the Burrell games is the is the scenarios in Burrell are seem to always be in that like 45% to 55%. So it's yes or no, but it's close enough to be in a coin flip that it kind of keeps everybody interested. But uh, so so that is a, uh, that's good. So tell so so go ahead and if you want to update, if you'd like to update, where you have to be honest here. If you want to update your stack coins and put them in the chat, let me know what you guys did. How are you guys doing on your stack coins? So if you, again, my, we got to go by mine. And uh, I forget what mine was. I think it was a yes. But maybe someone was paying attention to me and realized it was a no. So <laughs> that's okay. That's what the bonus questions are for, Andy. So you guys wait for the bonus questions to come around. So this happened last year. There was there were a lot of like this is and as one of those lessons. That's why you don't. That's why you don't bet on the races. Is what we joke about. Some kids started on like a losing streak, you know. So you had you got to talk to kids about you know are you due to get to, to get a win, you know? Does does the law of averages a thing? Stuff like that. So and that's okay if you totally forgot. That's really okay. And so we talked about those things when I go to the different classrooms and um, or I'd make the videos for the kids with the results. And uh, yeah, so we started adding bonus questions in because some kids lost a lot. And we wanted to keep them interested for three weeks. And so the bonus questions concerned like, will the largest will the largest number be this or will I get a six? Stuff like that. All right. Let's, so let's try. Let's try. I think. Yes. Let's try one more at least and we'll see where we go and then. We'll pause for a little bit and talk about this. So this is um. So now I'm going to roll uh, the ten-sided die. This this is I know this is one of those questions. I'm going to roll um the ten-sided die. I'm going to roll it four times. So I'm rolling four ten-sided die or one ten-sided die four times. Will the maximum roll exceed eight? 
And this is a question. So kids needed clarification. What does exceed mean? And so exceeding means is, is not at least eight. At least eight would include eight in my mind. Exceed eight means it's got to be a nine or a 10. So will the maximum roll be a nine or a 10? So what are you guys putting down? Let's see. We put it And nose. So I just want to know, like, are the are the very likelies the no folks or the somewhat likelies? I yes, yes, nice, nice, nice. Stackling wagers. So there's a so there's a lot of data I think you could collect. There's a lot of data we I, I could do I could have done a better job trying to present this. I'd like to do more of that. So all right, looks this is good. So so 11 right now I have 11 no's and two yeses. So will the maximum roll exceed 8 and there's folks saying no. So let's let about the dice set. I've got the dice set. I'll push you guys forward. Are you going to roll them one at a time? You're going to roll them all at one time. What are you going to do? So, I roll them all with a maximum roll be a 9 or a 10. Uh, that's a no. That's a no. I should keep. I should keep track of this. That was a no. How'd your How'd your rolls do? And just like in any Desmos activity, I can see your rolls on the screen. So from my teacher dashboard, I don't know if you can see the teacher dashboard. But I like I like how you added the tabulate in there. That's pretty nice too. I didn't. I, I, you can add a table that will tabulate your results for you. And your table can either keep. Um, a run, you can, they can keep a running total. So you could roll this over and over and over again and do the simulation right there in, in uh, right there in the polypad. Or you can do it in Desmos. You guys are playing. I'll give you guys a chance to play for a second on that. I'll give you guys a chance. I'll give you guys a chance to play. Are you all familiar with the polypad? Somewhat, not so much, maybe. It is um, the elementary teachers I worked with last last couple of years really loved it, really really loved it, and they uh, they have a really nice. They, they they did an art contest last year. I know I know Desmos has their graphing contest, but the art contest that uh, the polypad that the uh, Mathagon folks did. I assume they'll do that again. Was they, they were their results were, were really stunning. Andy, polypad's got some. Um, if if you go to the Mathagon website. And uh, play with the polypad there. It is going to be, um, there's a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff on that website. And, and this is just a very small piece of it. So they've got logic circuits, they've got fraction bars, fraction circles, uh, number frames. So it really is um, a tool K through 12. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. So let, let me let me push you guys. Let me push you guys ahead to the next slide. I know you guys are playing here. This is good. But um, let me push you. Let me push you to the next slide to the graph. And let's see what happens on the graph. Okay, so this is our simulation. I know. I'm sorry about that, kids. I'm sorry. So uh, on the simulation, so I'm going to click on the little uh, the little ticker in the upper left-hand corner and to see what happens. And um, this is keeping track of the number of rolls, the number of dice that are greater than eight. In other words, are a nine or a 10, how many dice are there? So there's a, why are there five? Well, there could be not zero of them, or there could be one of them that's greater, two of them, three of them, or all four of them could be greater. And if you want to make the simulation go quicker, there's that little every, right now it's set for every 100. I could probably delete that out and it would go pretty quick. You press play again and it'll just run. So I think I kind of get the feel from the simulation. I think the other four stacks of dots would be taller than the stack at zero. So I think getting no nines or tens when you roll four in the long run would probably be less likely than having a nine or a 10. So I think the question, like from a simulation point of view, I probably would want to answer yes. But from, you know, when the dice hit the table, who knows? So let's keep track of, let me stop my counter. If I want to know how many are greater than eight, I just go capital T and then square brackets. Capital T is greater than or equal to nine. Nope, not nine. That was a teacher technique. Greater than or equal to one. And so there are 374, 374 times um, there was a nine or at least one nine or 10 in, in the roll. And then um, the total number of trials is, oh, six, six, six. That's uh, the devil's confidence interval on the TI Inspire. So that is, um, so uh, it's, it's more than, not much more than half, but uh, simulation wise, but yeah. So nice, nice simulations, nice simulations. Let's try one more. Let's try one more before our time winds down. Cause I think this, cause we need to shut this down at 10 o'clock my time. So let me push you guys forward. Let me push you guys forward. And then, so I'm, I'm, let's, yeah, we're, we're here. We're here. It's okay. So roll a six sided die four times. Will some number appear at least two times in a row? So th this is, we, this is the discussion because this is one of the problems we did last year. So, Roll it, roll it once, one at a time. And you want to know, like, it, will I get a two or a three? Well, will some number appear at least twice in a row when I roll it? So don't roll all of them at once. Don't roll four of them at once. Um, 
but I put four dice out there on the poly pad, but we'll roll them one at a time, or you could roll them all and just say the two that are next to each other. Will, will there be two numbers that are the same? So let's see what you guys, how you guys think about this one. So, oh, it's more, more of an even split this time. Six to four, not bad. Six to four. Stack coins. We're just throwing our stack coins around like they're going out of business. So, all right, let's give this a try, kids. Let's give this a try. This is good, man. So, I, Burrell is a game. Like, if I was, um, I'm not teaching statistics or like a QR class, but we're going to use some of these things later on with my computer science principles kids um, to, to build some simulations. And we're getting ready to do like the app. We use code.org. We're getting ready to do that um, app lab so they can build the labs for their phones. I'd love for them to try to do a little dice rolling activity on their phones. So let's let's go to the next slide. Let's go to the next slide and let's try the dice. So will there so I'm I'm looking to see will there be a um you can roll them all and will you have two numbers adjacent to each other that would uh, be the same. So I can't like the, right now mine shows up with three ones, but if I would like to get two numbers or more that are in a row, so I, I can roll them all. And so mine is a yes because I've got three fives in a row. And how are the rest of you all doing? What does your gut tell you if you do this? If you do this single, this single kind of a, um, a, a simulation repeatedly, do you want to? Um, are, are, are you going to change what your gut told you originally? Do you think it's yes, it is going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. Will it get you to change? Will it get you to change your uh, your answer? Hmm. Two ones, there you go. <laughs> there is a, that that's like, I know what the simulation says. Yeah, I love the simulation say, but like when your dice, you got a lot in a row at the beginning, but not, that's, that's probability. That's the way it is. So these are the things that kids like over a month of doing these things or three weeks last year. That's like the stuff I think kids um, from talking with teachers got, they understood better. They understood that yeah, those things happen. So this is nice. I'll push. I'm just not going to push this all forward. I opened up the next slide. If you'd like to move yourself to the next slide. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll actually stop the pacing. So I'm, I'm on slide 24. So if you want to hit the next in the right-hand corner. And uh, so here is the simulation. Let's, let's see if we can get that simulation running. And, oh, man, we're at it. We're about out of time. So this is going to keep track. Let's see. Um, this is keeping track. I either get a 0, 1, 2, or... Um, 
Um, where, so in other words, zero means there were no, none in a row. One meant there was one in a row. Two meant there were two, like I had two, and then there were actually three in a row because there were two matches. So these were kind of the number of matches of adjacent dice. When the three comes up, that means that all four dice were the same. So I either got four sixes, four fives, or four fours. And and once again, I think that um, I think if I add the stacks of dots over one, two, and three, I think if I stack them up, they're going to be really close in height to the stack of dots on the zero. And I've got the total of T's. So right now it's um. I've got a, a two hundred, a little over two hundred and fifty in my simulation right now, and uh, actually, I'm sorry, it's over five hundred. And then the the total is how many times there was a match because I'm adding up like how many matches there were total. So this is good, kids. This is this is this is like Burrell, and uh, I I am going to run. I am going to run the March randomness again. With um, um, I'm going to offer to the schools that I ran it with last year, and if if they take me up on it, great. If not, that's okay too. I am going to run it. Um, we're going to try to run it school-wide at the school I'm at now. So the school I have right now, they have about 550 kids in the high school. So I'm going to try to run that um, with everyone. I've got a couple of ideas the way I'd like to do this. I'm thinking of using just QR codes and stuff like that to, um, to allow kids to get to it. But so what I'll do is I'm going to drop this. I'm going to drop the teacher link to this activity in the chat. I'm going to try to, if I can get to it before it goes away. There you go. So let me see if I can drop this down in the chat for you guys. So this is the teacher link to the activity. Yeah, just, it's just, love reasoning about the uh, dots, the dot plots. And this is one of those things I like. I like the dot plots. I don't know why. I should probably. Sh I don't know. I kind of go back and forth between histograms and dot plots. But that's that's just me. That's just me. So I kind of sometimes I think, well, maybe I should use a histogram more. But I like the way the dots. Uh, I don't know. I like the dots seem to like. Just like them. That's all. Just like dot plots. So, so this is so. Um, I will I will go to the last slide. There was all, we almost got through all of them. If if you want to look at the, uh, you've got the teacher link on this, and I've I've now I will not pause this activity. So if you wanted to keep playing with it, you could. Um, I know the the uh, scenario on slide twenty eight where you roll a ten sided die, a twenty sided die, and a thirty sided die. They don't have a thirty sided die, but they have a thirty. Uh, like a random number generator in the polypad, um, will those results be in strictly increasing order? That is a uh, love that question. I just love that question. And this is a nice um, 
you know, for all of our calculations, we really haven't done any calculations to figure out the exact probability. We've always been just kind of estimating. Um, some of these lend themselves to doing a nice, neat calculation. Others, like this question, would be best by like writing a Python script. So I would do a Python script on the Inspire, and we would run that for the kids. So, so that is kind of what, the different things that we would do. The last, uh, the last one we didn't get to on slide 32 is um, you're rolling a, uh, you're rolling 10 20 sided die or you are rolling a 20 sided die 10 times however you want to look at it will there be three adjacent numbers among the rolls so by three adjacent numbers three consecutive integers so will a one two and a three show up not necessarily that but will will there be three numbers in a row that's that's kind of a, that's a fun little question too again that is terribly probably terribly difficult to try to like actually compute the probability but if you wrote a script, a little code or a Python script or something like that, it, it's pretty easy to run through all of the possible outcomes to make that happen. So my, my, parting, my parting words on, on the last one, and again, yes, I have the link there too, is I, I think when you're doing probability, this, uh, this instructional arc of intuition, giving kids an opportunity to guess, um, make a guess, kind of a stake their confidence claim to it. And then simple simulations, give kids a chance to revise their guesses and then do a big massive simulation. Um, I think that gives kids a chance to be invested. And you always got to give kids a chance to kind of uh, revise what their guesses, what their guesses are. And um, just don't move to, don't move to the calculations too soon or too quickly. Um, that those are the things that I, at least I've come up with over the last couple of years. It, it does work with kids. It does work. And this this uh, game, this March Randomness, was a lot of fun with the kids last year. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. So that's it. That's good. We will call this. I'm going to stop sharing. We will call this an evening. Any questions for me, kids? Any questions for me? Um, thank you very much for sharing, Steve. Um, I didn't see a lot of questions in the chat um, as people were uh, participating and, and sharing their answers. And, yep. you know, um, I, I did post some links in the chat as we went about uh, Polypad um, last October, I believe, October of 2021. Uh, we had a Polypad session here on the Global Math Department. So I put the link for that in the chat in case That's anybody wants to try to find some things out about uh, Polypad. So yeah, I'll have to try this activity out. I, we have a math um, math society, like a math club at, at my, uh, at the, at where I work um, at Moravian university and um, definitely we'll do this with the students and try it out probably with a, in a low risk environment first before I try yeah. it in front of a whole class of students. So um, let me drop my um, email down in the chat before we all go. So yep. if you guys want to email me, and Andy, your question, see if I can answer it and type at the same time. This is going to be fun. Um, so these, these really weren't meant to be like um, a lesson. It was kind of like a starter activity. And I, I, would, I would build a, um, a simulation to accompany um, each of the results. So the teachers, if they wanted to, could use the uh, simulations in their class. But most of these, um, they just uh, 
would submit their answers on a Google form so I could do all the calculations and the spreadsheet side of things. And then um, I did all of my, uh, all of my experiments before, like the weekend before that next week would come. And uh, that way the, it took less time during the week. I would say most teachers probably only spent maybe 10 minutes tops each day. So it wasn't really a lesson focus. It was kind of like a sponge activity at the start of each class, if that makes sense, Andy. Um, I have one question, Steve, related to like the amount of time that you give them to make their guess, you know, the yes or no and the, the confidence and their wager. Like how much time, because I could see some students like wanting to like take a while to figure it out because, you know, there's they want to be right, you know, of course. Yeah. So how much time do you think uh, is good to give to students to do that? Well, so it, I always try, I tried to emphasize, you know, just without doing calculations, but, you know, just what is your gut telling you? Just what, what does it feel like to you? But some teachers would give their um, students dice and give them like five minutes to play to get a feel for it. I thought that, and after a while it, uh, cause the simulations you do don't matter because ultimately I've rolled the dice already and the results already happened. So, you know, it's when you roll the dice that all that simulation stuff goes out the window. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore, but it's a, um, yeah. So I, I want them to kind of, what does your gut tell you? And then like to revise it with a simulation. So it, I'd, I'd rather them do it quicker than slower. If that makes sense. Okay. No, that makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I guess they'll get better at it too. And, you know, be more willing to, you know, make an in, intuitive guess, you know, the more, the more they've done it, I would say too. The, the kids realize that it seems like, like see, everything is like around 50%. Well, yeah. Give or take, like it really is all the Burrell things seem to be around. I think the most, the most skewed Burrell scenario that I've run across so far is like a 40%, 60% split mm -hmm. theoretically, like it, through a simulation. But uh, yeah, that would make it harder since they're closer to 50%. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And um, thank you for sharing the activity and all the work that you did um, with that activity. And thank you to everyone uh, who was in attendance. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tonight, our session in two weeks um, on September 20th uh, is going to be using a blended learning model to create a language rich interactive classroom in which all students can thrive. Um, and this is being presented by Marty Cardenas. And I believe there's going to be some Desmo stuff with that one as well. Um, so make sure you join us for that one. Grades six through 12. We look forward to uh, seeing you in two weeks. So thank you again, Steve. That was that was a great, uh, great uh, act activity. Great, uh, just different things for kids to think about. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anything you can do to help, guys, just reach out to me. And let me know. Be both. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.